How is it going, everyone? Welcome back to episode 6 of the Weak Men Create Hard Times podcast. My name is Johnny. I am your host, and we're going to get right into things here. Uh, first off on my list, uh, we're just going to talk about some uh, like personal stuff, stuff that's been going on, or not even stuff, but things, rather. Um, stuff in my personal life. And then we'll kind of go down that political rabbit hole, even though I am absolutely no fucking expert whatsoever. And you could say, I don't know what I'm talking about, and you would be correct. But these are my opinions. This is my show. So if you like listening, I appreciate it. Um, so first off, lighthearted stuff. I tried the Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Um, it is a 4% alcohol rating uh beer which is lower than regular guinness i love guinness it's it's my favorite beer and i love coffee and i've had coffee beers uh coffee flavored stouts beers stuff like that i always think it's disgusting i was tired last night and my girlfriend and i went out to the store and um i was like you know i need some caffeine and I want to have a couple of beers tonight. So let me get this Guinness Nitro Cold Brew coffee. And it's only like 4% alcohol. And very good. So it tastes like Guinness. With a very light hint of coffee. Oh, I very much so recommend it if you like Guinness. Um, just, I don't know how they do it, but the, the coffee flavor is so subtle. And then mixed with just the nice Guinness flavor. Uh, very very good so yes I would recommend that um, another thing um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Tabatas it's a type of exercise it's basically you could do it I did it on like an aerodyne bike the one with the big fan in the front we got one of those in the basement uh, so it's 20 seconds as hard as you can and then you don't stop but you for the next 10 seconds after the 20 seconds you slow down do it like a normal or a slow pace do that for 10 seconds and then when that tech 10 seconds is well that's a one cycle right there so that 30 seconds is one cycle 20 seconds hard 10 seconds slow and then you just keep doing that without stopping and you do eight cycles of that so total it's four minutes of exercise that's it i felt like i was gonna die i, I, I didn't even do it i did it not eight cycles i did four cycles so two minutes worth and it probably didn't help that i just got home from driving and barely slept at all um so i was like running off one night of sleep and i just ate a big steak dinner and had a couple of those guinness beers so <laughs> my stomach was pretty full and i knew it was going to be hard i didn't know it was going to be that hard i'm in pretty decent shape um but i don't do enough hard cardio like I usually I'll do 10 minutes on that bike in the last 30 seconds I'll go as hard as I can and then I'll do like uh burpees and like 50 burpees right after that and that's like the most of my hard cardio right there and then I'll, I'll go for walks or ride my bike when it's nice out but lately it's 10 minutes on that bike last 30 seconds are hard and then I'll get off and do 50 burpees um sometimes I'll do a modified burpee where I'm picking up and throwing down a uh, slam ball it's called it's just a little medicine ball that is thicker it's made for slamming so you p I pick it up above my head slam it on the ground so that's kind of my cardio those two minutes of the Tabatas were the hardest cardio I've done in a very long time probably since I played sports 
Um, it's just something about the first two cycles. I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. I don't know what happened. The third cycle came around. I was like, oh, God. The fourth cycle, I was like, I'm going to die. And it's like, well, I did half of what's actually expected. I'm a pussy. So we got to work on that. That's not acceptable. I cannot not be able to do one Tabata set. It is fucking hard. Uh, I'm not going to do it on a full stomach, and I'm going to make sure I'm well-rested next time. So maybe today I will try that again. Uh, So I just want to talk about that. Try out Tabatas. Look that up and try it out on like a bike like that it is fucking hard and you got four minutes you know it's only four minutes of your day or if you can't do it you can't do it but it's a couple minutes and your heart is going to be slamming okay what else today i know i say this every show snowy and cold i don't know what it is about the random days i pick to do this podcast it's always snowy and cold, like the day of. So it's like 14 degrees out, and we got a bunch of snow last night that I didn't even know we were supposed to get, and it's still snowing. Um, but I wanted to go hiking. Sorry, my phone is buzzing. I'm going to throw it away on my bed. Um, but we were going to go hiking, my girlfriend and I, um, to this somewhat local park. It's a weird park. It doesn't seem like it belongs where it is, and the hiking's pretty good. But it is indeed near a city, which I don't like going into. Um, but we're going to go hiking. We're still thinking about it, but it is fucking cold, and there's a lot of snow, so we'll probably be trudging through a bunch of snow. But I like that. I like the challenge. I like to be cold. I like pushing myself to be uncomfortable. Um, which is something we're going to tie back to in a little bit once I, once I get through this, but another quick thing, New York mask mandate is done. Um, our governor said, Oh, peasants, you could finally take your masks off. And it was like nine other States did the same shit. And like nine out of the 10, I think all up here in the Northeast, um, or democratically run states, and you could say, eh, what, what what changed? Well, nothing really, other than election seasons coming up upon us pretty soon, and I think if they give people six months or whatever it is of freedom, they might have a better chance of getting voted in, and then, you know, once they're voted in, they're going to put more mandates back up, so don't be fooled. Kathy Hochul should be voted out here in New York. She was never even elected in in the first place. Cuomo is a pervert, so she took over the ship after he was ousted. But the fucked up thing is, our schools are still required to wear masks. And I can't fucking make sense of that, because the kids are at least at risk for COVID. So... I know what people's arguments are. Oh, well, the kids, you know, a whole lot of them aren't vaccinated. Yeah, there's a point in that, too. They're not at risk. So, I don't understand. I think I think our politicians are they're playing politics with our children. And, like I said last show, my little sister's done. She left the public school system here in New York. 
uh, she's 15 and she got online, found a homeschooling, um, school, an online homeschooling school out of Pennsylvania, enrolled there and she'll be graduating two years earlier with a full diploma earlier than she would have if, uh, she stayed in the public school system. And it just goes to show how fucking wasteful and how time consuming regular school is. She, she'll like work at it for like a couple hours a day opposed to eight hours a day and then hours after work doing or after school doing homework to just getting on her laptop, pounding through a bunch of her assignments and she'll have, she has way more free time, way more. And yeah, she's learning the necessities, the basics, right? Uh, which she was in college level courses while she was going to high school. Um, she's a smart kid. But I think we're going to start seeing a transition of people pulling their kids out of the public school system. And I think it's a good thing. I think the public school system is a money grab because that's literally what they told us. They care about their funding. They're going to lose their funding. I don't care about your funding. Um, so that's one. They're a money grab. And they're indoctrination camps. So where we live out in the country... It's not as bad as it might be in like New York City, but there's some shit that gets said that surprises me for even a little farm, small farm town like where I live. So anyway, I wasn't wearing the mask before. I, I, I haven't worn it in a long time out in public, a very long time. Like I took it off far before anyone in New York even thought of taking it off. I was walking around the grocery store, the only person not wearing it, getting the most bizarre looks. I just told my girlfriend one day, I'm done. I, I don't agree with it. I don't think it fucking works. And I don't give a shit. And I said, I, I will grocery shop. Um, I will grocery shop here without a mask. And she was wearing it. She didn't want the confrontation. And I said, well, if they fucking kick me out, I'll give you my credit card. And you could go buy all the groceries and I'll be out in the car waiting for you. But no one ever said a word to me. And I like started it all. <laughs> I'm claiming I'm claiming that because I literally stopped wearing that mask two summers ago, I think. Like and for New York, I know somebody that lives in like Florida, that may not seem like early. But in New York that was way that was I think that was before the vaccines even came out. And I'm not trying to be tough or rebellious, or anything like that, I'm not trying to be a badass, I'm not trying to get praised, or even, I'm not even trying to say a gotcha to the people that believe in the masks, it's as simple as this, I believe in freedom, and I didn't want to wear it anymore, I didn't feel like it was doing anything, I fucking hate it, I don't know what it is, I hate it on my face, so I was like, you know what, despite whatever science or statistics or bullshit you want to push my way i do not care i simply do not want to wear it and that's it simple as that so i didn't and like i said i've i'll wear it into medical facilities i kind of understand that because people are going there when they're sick um and if i want my medical attention i have to wear it or they're just gonna kick me out so 
simple as that. I will not get medical attention if I don't wear the fucking mask. So that's the only place I wear it. So it is what it is. Um, more and more people obviously are stopping wearing it here in New York because the mandate's lifted. Surprising how many people still wear it. But it's also funny where the people that just listen, you know what I mean? Like they might be vaccinated and be like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to wear the mask, but it's the mandate, so I'm just going to wear it. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But it's funny how they just blindly listen to politicians. Like, oh, you could take it off today just because I said so. And a lot more people did. So it's just weird. Because, I don't know. There, there's like no sense of rebellion left in the American people, I feel like, sometimes. And it's just why I, I want out of New York. Because I went down south during COVID and... I'll tell you what, it's got a way different vibe than it does up here. Like, people do not give a shit down south. I was in Tennessee, and they don't give a shit down there, and they just give a big old shit up here, and it's like, what's different? The only thing that's different are the politicians. Um, and I guess the, the, the recognition of the importance of freedom down south compared to up here, where people just fucking do what they're told and shut up and not have their own opinions. I swear down there, I feel like there's a little bit more of a fighting spirit. And I really like that. I don't like the mentality of where I live, even though it's rural farm country. Um, it just, it just feels different, I guess. All right. Enough of that. Let's keep moving. So, I want to talk about inflation. It's annoying to even have to talk about it. And I'm just briefly going to coast over this because I'm sure everyone's sick of... Uh, I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing it, and I am. But I don't know if all of you remember our fearless leader, Joe Biden, telling us that he was not going to tax everyday middle-class Americans. Uh, conveniently enough, he made the tax, um, I don't know if it's a tax bracket, but basically everything over $400,000 a year, um, I think their taxes went up. Conveniently enough, his salary is $400,000 to be a president. So that seemed, <laughs> it seemed stupid. He could have done like 450000 and it would have gave us some wiggle room where it's like, oh, well, it's not his salary. But he made it his salary, which is just stupid. I mean, if you can't see through that, you got your head up your ass. But yeah, he said he wasn't going to tax everyday Americans. Okay. I don't think he has. But maybe he has. You could check that or let me know if I'm wrong. But the big problem here is inflation. And that's what hurts everyday middle-class Americans or especially the poor right because every time you go to the gas station it costs more every time you go buy groceries it costs more buying cars costs more I know that's something to do with the semiconductors but it's just so anyway the con inflation is up 
7.5% from 2021 to 2022, January. The highest rate of price inflation in almost nearly 40 years. And according to this, this article here, um, which I could link, um, it says that the US average US household is paying an additional $250 a month thanks to inflation. Uh, besides the fact that we have shortages left and right, um, which, you know, it's like, I live in America, and I have no idea what it's like to live in a third world country where you go into the grocery store, and there's just always shortages. I would imagine that to be a thing. So, bitching about it makes me sound like a bitch, essentially, because we got it easy. Like, every once in a while I'll walk in, there might not be as much meat on the shelves. I, I've heard family say there was no meat. I've seen that maybe once, but usually there's meat on the shelves. I think Walmart's getting hit hard, which I just try not to go to Walmart anymore. But apparently they source a lot from China, and that's why. And that's why their prices, they're allowed to get so low, is because they just get everything from China. So I just steer clear of them. I, sh I shop at different different grocery stores. Um, but yeah, so, so it's like this extra $250 a month over the course of a year is a lot. So this says it's hardly noticeable for millionaires, uh, but working class or even middle class families' budgets pass its breaking point. Um, it erodes Americans' hard-earned savings. And it's just as painful as government directly hiking their taxes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Anyway, sorry, I'm just reading here. But I'll link this article. It's on the libertyloft.com. I don't know. I've never been on this website before. But it's just... He's doing a shitty job, right? The, those in power are fucking up our country. Whether you like Trump or not, Things felt pretty easy, pretty stress-free if you weren't a hardcore lefty. Watch CNN all day and they're just making you angry about Trump all the time. Dude, I didn't pay any attention. I pay attention to, to gun rights. That's basically it. And now I have to pay attention to all this pol political stuff, which I don't like. I'd much rather be doing my own favorite hobbies, right? that don't involve politics like hiking or shooting my guns or whatever but i was just like yeah every time i leave the house i feel like i'm spending an exorbitant amount more money than i used to whether it's you go out to eat go buy groceries you know fill up your car with gas all that shit you feel it i feel it maybe you have a lot of money and you don't but i feel it so that's something i want to touch on is just when is it going to stop and how do people even defend this i don't know if they do I, i've seen some really wacky shit from really left-leaning uh sources that basically say oh you know inflation might be good for america it's like i don't know how they could spend that i i want to keep as much money as i can you know they already take a bunch of money out in taxes and then everything i buy now costs way more so I just don't, I have less money in my pocket, essentially, right? That's what's happening. 
They're trying to squeeze you. It's just frustrating, and I'm fucking sick of it. But moving on, um, something that was brought to my attention is, this kind of ties in, is how fragile our society is. There are so many things that will just fuck us as a society. And uh, the next bit of this podcast is basically a lot of it's going to tie together. Because it all has a trickle-down effect, essentially. Um, Because there are a bunch of things that will ruin us as uh, humans, essentially, in the modern era. So there's a podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast I listened to. And I'm going to touch on some of the things he talked about, which are scary. And then I'm going to talk about some of the things that I just thought of that recently have happened that have incited chaos, essentially. Um, so he talks about like solar flares knocking out electricity, um, asteroids, how close they come to the Earth, and how they might just totally destroy us. And I want to look up real quick. Let me look, because I don't want to... Um, I want to tell you exactly what podcast I listen to. Uh, let's see. It is Randall Carlson. So listen to that one on Joe Rogan. It was just the other day. But solar flares could totally knock out our, our grid, our electricity grids. And whether that's <clears throat> just one grid or if it's just the U.S. or if it's the whole world losing their grids... Um, we got a problem. And, uh, well, for one, if you have family that doesn't live near you, you're not going to be able to communicate with them. So that's a problem. You're not going to be able to turn on the news and see what's going on. You're not going to be able to pull up social media and Facebook, hey, what the fuck happened here? Because the grid will be down. There, There will not be electricity running to the towers to give you signal on your phone gone 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 all gone which what about heating elements in your house that run on electricity got a big problem here and then just asteroids alone he talked about how close he had a long list of how close shit gets to hitting the earth like repeatedly that's bound to happen like i would say in my lifetime I'd be surprised, based on the list he had, if one didn't smack Earth, um, yeah, by the time I die, I'd be surprised. Now, if it does happen, I hope it's a small one, and I hope it hits the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party fucking headquarters. I hope they're all having dinner there, and it blows through their fucking headquarter building, and I hope it's small, and I have a rippling effect, uh, across the, the the globe i hope it just fucks them <laughs> uh what else yeah i talked about food shortages so that's another thing how fragile our uh society is think about like new york city where they basically don't grow any of their own food now let's say there's um no trucks coming in and out of the city every day bringing food 
it's not going to take more than a couple days before all-out fucking chaos happens. You think that city's violent now? Look at the crime rates there now. Just wait for that shit. I do not want to live in a city like that, especially one that is kind of, um, it's kind of like locked. The the ge- geography of it, you know, it's on the beginning of Long Island. So it's like, there's not a lot of, a lot of corridors in and out of the city. So you might be stuck and there will be raiding of grocery stores and restaurants and delivery trucks and people's houses and there will be even more murder and those with illegal weapons now are probably going to be the ones that are going to run shit there because most everyday americans in new york city can't have firearms in the city so good luck to you there's not a chance i'm going there how about uh, last year, the the gas shortages because of the, what was it, Russian hackers that did something to our pipeline. Like, look at that. That that all runs on electricity. And, the, and they hacked into the system and were able to freak people the fuck out. I mean, there are videos of people filling up grocery bags, plastic grocery bags with gasoline. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so stupid. And it was mostly... Uh, south of where I live, but I travel there every week for work, so it got a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. I I had there were a lot of gas stations closed down, and I had to pick accordingly because there were very long lines at certain gas stations. And luckily, I traveled through the night, so it was kind of weird. I saw some long gas lines, and <clears throat> I drive a diesel vehicle, so it wasn't as scary for diesel, but that's just another thing so you know we got our electricity grid our fuel grid if you want to call it that um transportation of food around our country like very very fragile people are allowed to live in certain areas um because of the way society set up like let me give you an example like um think of like the desert towns in america right so the very hot areas nevada california where they ship in all their water basically and there's shortages and like hey you know they're telling them to cut back on their use of water um you're not gonna live there if society collapses because they're not shipping in water so you're gonna see a mass migration of people out of there or at least try you know and it's like oh man that would get weird that would get weird real fast because water's like the number one thing, right? If if you're a, if you're breathing clean oxygen, the next thing your your body's probably going to be able to need is water and then food and then shelter. Like water comes quick. I think you'd only survive like 3 days without water and it's going to be an uncomfortable 3 days, that's for sure. So we are a fragile society. Like if you look back to the original settlers, what did they do? Well, they built houses on the sides of rivers where there's a lot of fertile soil um, and a lot of game to hunt, right? Because those are the necessities. And then technology has allowed us to expand and allows people to live in places where they might not otherwise. And that shit is very 
um, fragile, very fragile. So I would probably pick, I would probably only live in an area that has those qualifying factors. Like I live near a ton of fresh water, not far from Lake Ontario, and there's plenty of other freshwater sources around here. Um, <clears throat> the soil's good, it's farmland. There's tons of deer running around. So if I ever move, I plan to go somewhere that has similar attributes because if society does collapse, I need to be able to go out and kill a deer. I need to be able to go find fresh drinking water. Um, I do not want to get my head caved in <clears throat> uh, trying to flee an inner city. So that's one thing. Um, and we are going to move on to preparedness from that. So because our society is so fragile, be prepared, right? That's the, that's the only thing I could think is don't, do not be completely reliant on the government. Do everything in your power to be self-sufficient, right? Everything. So we're going to go through a list of things that I think are kind of important to be prepared and some of the things that I have done and some of the things that I plan to do that I think uh, will put me in a position to feel more comfortable when society starts panicking. So I hunt. Um, I kill a deer like every year usually. And that's a lot of great, lean, delicious meat that I fill our freezer with. Um, and we'll get we'll get deep into this because I have a freezer full of meat. Well, what if the electricity goes out? Now my freezer doesn't work, right? So there's shit like that to think about. Like I'm thinking all out chaos. What do you do? Do you just die or do you figure it out? Because people used to live when people used to live in a way that they figured it out. Like they didn't have they didn't have electric freezers in their garage. So I hunt. We have a little garden. Um, I have weapons and ammo. Um, exercise, stay fit, like stuff like that. Uh, have a little bit of food put away, right? Uh, Non-perishable canned goods or whatever. So those things I do. But <clears throat> we'll get deeper into this, like I said. But okay, so you run out of perishable foods. Now what? You got to be able to acquire food. So you fish, you hunt you garden um fresh water i don't know have a, a a rain collector that's something i don't have that's something maybe think of i live near a creek i live near a lake um but you'd have to go get that to boil that water down so you have to be able to start a fire so having fire starting implements would be good but once your lighters all burn out then then you need to be able to know how to start a fire with a flint and steel or whatever. So maybe you have a bunch of flint and steels laying around or a bunch of matches laying around. Um, there's just a lot of levels to this. A generator. Our power goes out all the time for some reason. I was like, screw it. I bought a generator because our power was out for like a week. And I needed to be able to <clears throat> um, just at least, at the very least, run our freezer so our food didn't go bad. Luckily, it wasn't too cold out, but it wasn't hot out. So it was kind of a good temperature for it to happen. Our house got cold, but it was to the point where we were okay with extra blankets. So a generator, but hey, if all society completely collapses, then eventually you're not going to be able to get gas. So a generator is just going to be 
you know, a hundred pound hunk of metal that's fucking pointless because you can't find fuel anywhere. Hunting, gardening, like I said, uh, gardens, we only do that in the summer. So greenhouse is the only thing I could think to put up a greenhouse. Weapons and ammo, of course, um, because you could reload ammo and I have the stuff to do it. I've just, I bought all this stuff and I never actually did it, but you need the components. So unless you have a bunch of lead and a way to smelt down the lead to make bullets, uh, you can use old shells repeatedly, old brass repeatedly, but then you need primers and gunpowder. So it's like, you're probably going to run out eventually unless you have like a lifelong um, collection of that stuff, which I don't. But if I'm not getting into gunfights and all I'm doing is using my weapons to hunt, I have enough hunting ammo and just I could use any of my guns to hunt, really. I have enough to last a very long time. Now, as soon as you start getting into gunfights, that's when you burn through it quick. Um, tr- training. So diff- train with your weapons. Uh, train to fight anything. You know, jujitsu I've taken and I plan to take again. Um, Muay Thai, boxing, I'd say wrestling are probably like, look at the UFC, what those guys use to train. Probably follow in their footsteps. I, I wouldn't say Taekwondo or karate is probably the best, uh, the best use of your time. It, it's good for like staying fit and being disciplined. But if you're getting in a street fight, I'd say probably stick to what the guys in MMA train. Um, being fit, if you got a mob of dudes, you should be able to fight to some degree or run. Run like hell, get the fuck out of there. That's why you got to do Tabatas, like I was talking about, so your cardio is awesome. <laughs> See, it all ties together. Medical supplies, you might want to stock up on medical supplies and get medical training. You know, CPR, um, learn the Heimlich, stop the bleed. There's a gun, uh, there's a gun store, shooting range, training center not too far from me. Uh, they have a medical class coming up, I think in a couple weeks, or maybe like a week. I forget, I have it written down, but I want to take that. I've never taken any medical training whatsoever. I feel so useless. I don't want that to be the case. And they'll help you kind of build a medical kit. And I have some like pre-bought medical kits um, in my car. And I take them hiking in my bag and stuff. But I don't know how to stop the bleed. Like I don't know how to put on a tourniquet. I need to know that. So I'm going to take that class. Um, Another part. So basically what I'm tying all together is I want to be very capable. Right? I want to be a strong man to big topic on this uh, podcast you want to be capable you do not want to rely on anyone but yourself um i want to have like a homestead someday so very self-sufficient property where i can sustain life for an extended period of time um but yeah like i talked about i want a greenhouse i want chickens maybe some goats i don't know i want farm animals um i want farm animals i want gardens i want to be able to hunt oh canning food that's a big one that preserves food really good that's another thing i want to get into um and a moonshine still this is something a lot of people don't think about having a moonshine still well for one 
you could use if shit really hits the fan people are always going to want alcohol you could use that alcohol for bartering i'll give you three jars of moonshine for um a cow and um i don't know an axe because my axe broke and i can't i can't go to the sporting goods store or lowe's or whatever to buy one because society is completely fucked and it's all been raided and there's nothing there you know that kind of stuff so you can use the barter but as a sanitary device too like cleaning out wounds like i think that's a big thing a lot of people don't think about is pure alcohol like that has been used for a long time a long long time being able to make moonshine is very important or any type of alcohol right you could use fruits or grains and it's the fermentation process and sugar um to make alcohol i don't know the science of it but getting a moonshine still and learning how to use it i think is another important um important part of the homestead life so in time hopefully this will come hopefully society will not fall apart before i get all this stuff set up if it does, uh, I'd be like most Americans. I would be scrambling a bit, you know, hoping you make it, essentially. Um, so all that, being prepared, living that sort of self-reliant homestyle or lifestyle ties into the Amish, the Mennonite community, which I touched on last podcast. I want to talk about it more because those people despite being weird, um, they have it right. Now, I live not far from a community like that, which I rarely see because I just don't go in that direction often. But my uh, brother has a camp in the southern tier region of New York, and there's a lot of them down there. So we went to his camp. We drove over on a Sunday morning to the Amish, and they have baked goods out for sale all natural from you know they like fruit pastries and donuts and stuff all from stuff um like ingredients that they're obtaining off their own homestead essentially they might go out and buy like sugar from the store or whatever but most of it is grown and manufactured right there and these are the best pastries i've ever had by far and the cheapest by far you can go to like tim hortons and get a muffin right or let's say a donut. You can go to Tim Hortons get a donut or a pastry. It costs, you know, it's not a lot of money, but they're okay. Now you go down to Amish country and you buy some of their, their homemade pastries or donuts or whatever. And it's like 50 cents, 25 cents. Um, and they're so good. I mean, it is just, re- if I lived near them, I'd be just, I'd have diabetes. I'd be fat. It is so good. And they just stare at you because they're so like, we're so different to them they just stare at you but they're doing it right man um and i drive through rural pennsylvania every week for work and there's this store i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shout out usually i don't give specifics but it's called herschel's general store i don't know what town it's in now that i'm thinking about it but it's like north central pennsylvania kind of somewhere in that region it's a on the Susquehanna River there. But they run, and they're like Mennonites, right? Uh, they kind of run that store. I don't know who owns it, but, you know, the, the women are all dressed in the traditional Amish look with, like, the gowns and the, the head, 
what are they called bonnets or something like that but they got a deli they got a grocery store they got like a uh, home improvement section with like stuff you'd see at Lowe's like plumbing and tools and I think they might have some lumber they got like hunting gear they don't have firearms but they have camouflage and other hunting stuff um, so yeah groceries they have a deli where I get phenomenal sandwiches for very very cheap coffee and then they have a bunch of clothes and boots like Carhartt stuff um I love that store. I've stopped there a handful. Of oh, and then they even have like Christmas decorations, like home decorations. Um, they have books, which I actually bought a book from there. Uh, it's called Cold Smoking and Salt Curing because this ties back. I said this is going to all tie together. This ties back to if you can't freeze all your meat that you just hunted, you got to be able to preserve it somehow. So they smoke it and they salt cure it. So I bought a book, even though I have not read it, and it's probably going to be a very boring read. I said, well, if, if shit hits the fan and I have to preserve all this meat, at least I have, and I can't turn on my phone or my computer to look up how to preserve meat. I have this book now in my possession where I could read the book and try to learn to preserve meat, you know? So... And this is something I didn't write down. Buy a bunch of useful books, survival books, um, how to preserve meat, uh, edible plants, um, natural medicine, like stuff like that. Buy books on that and you don't even have to read them right now. But if shit hits the fan and you can't Google something, well, now at least you have a, a, a log of resources that you can refer to to hopefully preserve your own life and your family's life. So that is something that I did not, that's something I've been practicing the last year is buying useful books to have just on my shelf for if shit gets crazy, I could look through it in a hurry. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this general store is awesome was what I was getting at. So the Amish, I mean, they're the ones that are probably going to be okay, you know, because they don't rely on electricity like we do. And they don't like big government, they don't like our public schools, and they don't like our medicine. And they are strong, capable men. They'll come build you a shed with like one middle-aged guy and like two 10-year-olds. They'll put together a beautiful shed in a day for you. My brother did it at his camp. He had a shed built. And I'm like, damn. A shed and a, um, uh, what else did he have built? Like a patio. Like a permanent patio he parks his camper next to. It's like a deck, right? A, a covered deck. So he had all that built for pretty cheap. And they did it in like a day. And he said it was like one middle-aged guy and his two like 10-year-old sons. And they busted that whole thing out. They're just such hard workers, you know. And I think they're just using hand tools. Like that's another thing to think about is I have awesome DeWalt drills. Well, they'll work until the battery dies. And then when I can't charge them again because the electricity's out, um, good luck. I hope you have hand tools like hand saws hand drills shit like that most people don't i i actually the guy that used to live here um he has a bunch of hand saws and he i found one hand drill so i could essentially very slowly build shit but i don't know how to build shit anyway so it doesn't really matter but another thing is what about screws and nails the stuff we use to hold stuff together if 
you can't go to Lowe's and buy that stuff, what are you going to use? So these are just all things to think about, maybe things to stock up on. But I don't know how to make I don't know how to make nails. Like you got to find iron and smelt it down and you got to have like a a cast to pour the nail in. A mold, the shape of a nail to get that iron, smelt it in there and put it in that cast. And then once it cools, then you have yourself a nail. I don't have any of that stuff to do that stuff with. So if I don't have a storage of screws and nails, I'm kind of fucked. I'm not building nothing. So the Amish, it's not a bad idea to maybe live in the Amish country and become friends with them. I know they're kind of a closed society, but if shit goes down, you might be able to rely on people like that. So we are coming up to the end of the podcast, and I always end on a strong man story. Now, this is going to be broad, and I don't have a specific story for you, per se, uh, but it's just stuff I've been observing over the last, what was it, few weeks or something. Let's talk about the Canadian trucker convoy. Um, they are fighting, and not even fighting, they're standing up and protesting for what they believe in. Now, most of them are vaccinated, but they don't want the government telling you you need to be vaccinated. They don't like the stuff that's going on with border crossing and kind of tracking your vaccination status via cell phone apps. If you want to see a future ran by the elites, they're going to use technology to do it. And that little device we carry around in our pocket every day that we're glued to, our cell phone, that's how they're going to do it. And we already see it happening. Social credit scores in China and, uh, the Canadian government tracking their truckers' uh, vaccination statuses coming back and forth from the U.S. with an app that they don't even need to be shown because it auto-populates when you come into range on their computer. These are creepy fucking things. That's another thing the Amish are doing right is they don't have cell phones. And if you want to be completely free and out of the loop from the technological control that I think we're inevitably going to see in my lifetime... Ditch your cell phone, man. Get a flip phone. Leave it off. Turn it on when when you need it, I guess. I, I, and I listen, I've been thinking of getting a flip phone. And I think I still might. Uh, once my... I, tra- I drive for a living. So I use it for podcasts. I use it for maps. Kind of pretty reliant, reliant on it at this point. But if I ever get off this, this long drive that I do... I've been really considering just going back to a flip phone. And, you know, you can have all your cool apps, Facebook, whatever, um, on your computer. So when you log on, you can look over stuff and stay in touch with family and see what friends are up to. But having that shit in your pocket all day where you're glued to it, I just don't think it's good for society. Anyway, I went on a little bit of a tangent. The Canadian truckers are standing up peacefully for what they believe in. And all of the, excuse me, I burped. All of the media is demonizing these people. Well, guess what? It's peaceful. And most of them are vaccinated. They're strictly convoying for freedom. And I cannot support that enough. I I agree with this wholeheartedly. I mean, I think it's amazing. And I don't know how you could demonize it. Well, I'll tell you why they demonize it. It's because... 
the elites don't want us to be free. And, you know, the U.S. is the last bastion of hope for freedom. So the fact that we're seeing this in Canada is amazing. And I think the elites of the world are freaking the fuck out because they didn't maybe expect this from Canada. But, you know, the truckers are very powerful because, one, they drive these big rigs that are good luck moving them, especially when they're all stacked together. They can live out of them for two, which is good because they could stay there, which they are. And three, they transport all your necessities. So now you're gridlocked and you're again not getting your necessities. Shit's going to get weird real fast, real, real fast, unless you give them the freedom they want. And it's not like they're, they're vouching for anything evil. Freedom is the most pure thing that the humans can experience. It is the most important aspect of the human experience. I've said this before. Because if you don't have freedom, you start to see shit like Australia where they have camps for COVID patients. And you see police arresting people for not wearing masks out, outside. That's not okay. I will not live in a society like that. People that have too much power seem to go corrupt over money and power. They, they seem to become corrupt in a long enough time frame. Most people. Not all, but most. So my strongman story this week is just the Canadian truckers as a whole standing up peacefully for what they believe in and making a difference. And, you know, the world is watching them. And I know the latest update was that there was a judge court ordered um a court ordered uh i'm sorry i'm drawing a blank i can't think of the word basically they're saying they can't have that convoy up anymore they have to disperse go home so court's telling them that and they want the police to break it up uh i don't think they really can i don't know how this is going to play out and i think this just kind of happened in the last day or two but i mean unless they're going to go drive those big rids which i'm sure they don't know how uh, you arrest the people that know how to drive them, well, then the trucks are still going to stay there. And what are you going to do to force them to move it? I don't know. Like, I, I can't see a win for them. Because you could even kill the truck driver. Let's just say they go all crazy. The police start mowing down these truck drivers. The trucks are still there. Do you know how to drive them? I would argue that a lot of police officers don't know how to drive them. And the cleanup of that would take forever. I mean, even if the truckers all decided to leave, it's still going to take a long time because they're slow moving. And they're in a city where the streets are pretty tight to maneuver one of those big things. So um, so that's my strongman story, obviously. Um, it's being demonized by the media, well, the left-leaning media, it seems more of. And uh, just, you know, pay attention to that and, and do your independent research and try to stay off of the main media outlets to get your info on this because they are trying to talk shit about it and this is this is a point i always think of is do you want your kids free these people the politicians or even the police that are enforcing the politicians tyrannical bullshit if you're a police officer and you have kids and you're enforcing these tyrannical mandates someday you're going to grow old and die and so are those politicians but the tyrannical um laws they put in place or orders your kids are going to have to live with that 
So you think you're doing the right thing now because you're a police officer and you could protect your kids and you're there. They're under your wing and you're just doing your job, right? That's what they always say. Well, someday you're not going to be around and your kids are going to have to live in this shithole, tyrannical, ran government country that you helped curate, that you helped protect. So think about that. When you're gone, your kids could be arrested for something they say because you protected the tyrants that did shit like this. So I'm going to end on that. Just think about, you want to leave the earth a better place than you found. You want to leave it better for the generation behind you, right? Your kids, your kids' kids. You don't want some political tyrant to make them live in a terrible, terrible life like in North Korea. I can only imagine what it's like to live in North Korea. Those people are so neglected by the government and the world does nothing about it. So anyone that says that can't happen in the West, in the U.S., in uh, in Canada, why? That's what I ask you. Why can't that happen? Because on a long enough time frame, too much power sitting in the hands of the same type of people, um, it could happen on a long enough time frame. I promise you that. And the, you know, you you look at the laws that are trying to be passed in America right now. They're trying to strip away your Second Amendment rights. If they say they're not, they're fucking lying. They do it little by little, incrementally, to where you don't notice until it's too late. If they just said, give us all the guns right now, there'd be chaos. But slowly chip away at, oh, you can't have a 30-round magazine. You can only have a 10. Oh, you can't have an AR. You can only have double-barrel shotguns. Well, I'm telling you, folks, our current president has been publicly saying this stuff for years you don't need an ar-15 you don't need high capacity magazines buy a shotgun buy a shotgun that's what he's saying anyway pay attention the government is the enemy not all of them but the political elites that have been there forever that want to strip your rights away they do not care about you i promise you they don't care they are in this for themselves only they tell you what you want to hear so you vote for them and then they fucking laugh behind your back, call you stupid because you gave them more power and they're just going to keep stripping your rights away. It is the American people or the Canadian people versus their governments at this point. Stand together and stand for freedom. That's all, everyone. I appreciate you listening. Give it a care, uh, Give it a like. Give it a share. Tell your friends. I appreciate it. You all have a great day.